Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show. As you know, we are celebrating this month, Epilepsy Month in the United States. Sometimes people don't realize how widespread this disability is, but just like me, there are over 3 million Americans living with epilepsy, and as you've heard me say before, I have epilepsy, but I am not ashamed I'm living with epilepsy, and neither should you be. I am so excited about our guest today. This is someone I've known of for quite a while who is viewed in the United States as a leader in advocacy and in therapy for people living with epilepsy. He has dedicated his life to this initiative. He is just a wonderful person, highly thought of. Warren Lambert, welcome to the show. Joy, thank you very much. It's fun to be on the show. And Warren, by the way, before we get going, is the co-founder and chairman of the Epilepsy Therapy Project, which we will be talking about um, in a little bit. Before we get going about that Epilepsy Therapy Project, I have the most exciting news, and I get to tell you this. Epilepsy Therapy Project is working on a merger with the Epilepsy Foundation. Is that not awesome? That is so awesome. And we'll talk about that a little bit more so that Warren can tell you what he's thinking. But, Warren, for our listeners throughout the country, um, you are an advocate for people with disabilities, but specifically for epilepsy. Now, what made you decide to do that? Joyce, I'm a father of a wonderful 15-year-old girl who unfortunately lives with very difficult epilepsy. My daughter, Sylvie, has Dravet's and has been dealing with epilepsy and seizures since she was nine months old. And we as a family have been in search of a therapy that would give Sylvie control over seizures really since she first had seizures at nine months so many years ago. So so she was nine months old when she had her first seizure? Yes, yes. And, you know, as often happens, unfortunately, I think, for people with Dravet's, it started suddenly. She was healthy until that point in time. She had two seizures in one day and then went into status. And so life has never quite been the same 
for our family since that time. And I came to learn through time that as many as 30 to 40% of people with epilepsy were in the same boat in terms of not having a therapy that could control their seizures. And also coming to understand that for many, the side effects of the existing therapies can often be quite unacceptable and debilitating. So from an early point, you know, I as a parent decided to get involved to do what I could do to try to make a difference. And as Sylvia exhausted therapy after therapy, from an early point in time, my focus sort of turned to knowledge and information about epilepsy, about available therapies, and to trying to do something to, to, to make better therapies available. For our listeners, uh, Warren, if you could explain two things, because, of course, as, as you know and I know, epilepsy is a neurological disorder impacting the brain. But I wonder if you could take a moment. I don't think they would know what Dravet's is. Could you explain that to everyone? Well, Dravet's is, um, it now appears, largely a genetic form of epilepsy um, that has um, a variety of very regular characteristics that allowed the doctor in France, Charlotte Dravet, to first identify it as a syndrome before the genetics were understood. Um, but it is an epilepsy that tends to start in childhood, you know, between nine months and two years, I think, most commonly, and often begins with one longer seizure, and the kids are affected, wind up displaying many different types of seizures and very complex EEG patterns um, that are pretty characteristic. So it is one of the more difficult forms of epilepsy to control. Like many other syndromes, there's a real spectrum of impact. It does have effects beyond seizures in terms of developmental delays, issues in terms of you know, the walking gait of the, of the people affected, et cetera. It, you know, it's something that there's been a genetic test for, I think, for the last four to five years. And, you know, it was only four years ago that we learned she had this diagnosis. We had other diagnoses and other ways of describing her epilepsy. She was said to have Lennox Gastaut before we understood that it was a, a, a more particular syndrome in terms of Dravet's. Um, Sylvie also tested um, positively for a mitochondrial disorder through a muscle biopsy. And it seems that you can have potentially both mitochondrial disease and have this particular genetic disorder, which is an ion channel mutation. Well... Now, you can imagine hearing Warren talk about this, why I tell you all the time, if you have a child with epilepsy or you yourself do, but if you have a child you don't know what's going on, you've got to go to 
an epileptologist. At, at the least, you've got to go to a neurologist. You can't just go to a family doctor. You see how complicated this is and how involved this is, what Warren just explained. Everyone needs to go to at least minimal a neurologist, if not going to an epileptologist. And Warren, you know, many people have things like this happen to them. Parents of children with significant disabilities, but they don't all decide to become an advocate. What, what caused you to make that decision? Well, I guess I'm just not a particularly passive person. <laughs> And, um, you know, as I learned about Sylvia's disorder, I, I saw certain needs in the community that I thought I might be able to play a role in contributing to, to help and wanted to try to do what I could for Sylvie and just to fulfill some of those needs and opportunities that I saw. Um, you are a good man, Warren. You, and I hope everyone listening to this show, we all see things in life. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do something. And Warren, all of us living with epilepsy appreciate everything you're doing uh, because Warren is not just spending money to find a cure. He's working on therapy for now, which brings me to the Epilepsy Therapy Project. Warren, could you tell our listeners about that? Well, sure, Joyce. I, I think as I sort of hinted, um, initially, you know, several years after Sylvia was diagnosed, I became um, aware this was going to be a long road and started trying to learn more about epilepsy and available therapies and felt that there were, there's a real need for more resources for parents through the web to help them to understand epilepsy, to be able to empower themselves to have intelligent conversations with their caregivers and make decisions about how to go and just find out what was available. And I was fortunate to be able to work with Sylvie's doctor, Oren Davinsky, who actually contributed a book he had written for parents on epilepsy as the basis of epilepsy.com. And there were a host of other wonderful individuals over time who contributed to the evolution of epilepsy.com, which, which continues to be an important and evolving resource under Joe Servan's leadership and will be part of our merger with the Epilepsy Foundation. But as we went through one medicine after another, tried a vagus nerve stimulator and implanted medical device which works for many people with epilepsy, with difficult epilepsy, but did not, unfortunately, work for Sylvie. We tried a dietary therapy for epilepsy that can be highly effective, which helped but didn't prove to be an ongoing solution. Um, again, I was confronted with the fact that for so many people with epilepsy, there is no therapy that will control their seizures. And together with, again, Sylvie's doctor, Oren Davinsky, with other first fathers, two other fathers of young girls like Sylvie, who at the time had uncontrolled epilepsy, um, I got involved in starting the Epilepsy Therapy Project, which at that time was the only organization whose mission was entirely focused around this problem of 
lack of available therapies that could could control epilepsy. And um, it was about 10 years ago. And, you know, I'm happy to say that um, over 10 years and partly through a partnership that we formed going back eight years ago with the Epilepsy Foundation, we funded a whole series of grants and made investments to try to contribute to moving the pipeline of good ideas that are out there at a research phase onto a path that could result in therapies available to patients. Wow. And did you do this in conjunction with universities? Well, Joyce, often we were finding projects that had begun in university research labs and providing grants that would allow these researchers to begin to take a good idea that was just at a research phase and begin to either gain one more piece of data to do early experiments which could validate the theory um, that might allow somebody else to make an investment behind that, or we tried to encourage researchers to find other commercial partners who might be willing to provide some of the support, and then we would provide matching funds to move things onto a path of commercialization. So sometimes we were funding very small companies that were already outside the university setting, but most often we were funding great research projects that emerged in the universities, but were ready to push out into the setting of a company that could really develop a therapy which could get the patients. Well, how wonderful that is and would be if we could really move that even further. But right now we've got to get ready to go to break. If you just tuned in, we're talking to Warren Lambert, co-founder and chairman of the Epilepsy Therapy Project, soon to merge with the Epilepsy Foundation. We'll be right back with Warren. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. 
One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are talking to Warren Lammer today co-founder and chairman of the Epilepsy Therapy Project, soon to merge with the National Epilepsy Foundation. And before we got back on the show, while we were on break, I was asking Warren, you know, are there therapies coming out to help people or children who are having ongoing seizures? Because in case you don't know, there are children that have hundreds of seizures a day. Um, so, Warren, what's the answer to that? Well, Joyce, I'm very happy to be able to say that there are many exciting projects under development. And, in fact, on Epilepsy.com, our chief scientific officer, Roger Porter, has put together a look at the epilepsy pipeline across drugs, devices, and even diagnostic devices. Um, and, and some alternative therapies. And you can see that if you go to epilepsy.com and you look under the Finding New Therapies tag um, or tab on the upper left-hand area of the site and then choose Epilepsy Therapy Pipeline. Um, but there are actually, Joyce, about 100 and seven therapies that we have identified under development for epilepsy across all stages of development. And just to give you a sense of the impact that the Epilepsy Therapy Project has had over this last eight years, we have actually provided some funding to 49 of those 107 projects. And relative to our opportunity together with EF and the good partnership we've had, we've probably co-funded 45 of those 49 projects with the Epilepsy Foundation. Probably more meaningful to patients is that three of those funded projects have actually made it to patients in the last year. Those are a new... Um, MR-guided laser for epilepsy surgery that is made by a company called Visualase, and I think it's now available in approximately 20 epilepsy centers around the U.S. But this basically makes epilepsy surgery far less invasive. Instead of traditionally having to do a craniotomy, they can just do a small burr hole insert a laser and go to the focus, the area of brain tissue where some seizures in some people emanate from and take out a very small piece of tissue 
to quiet or change that pattern of electrical behavior and potentially render some people seizure-free. So, you know, it almost becomes a one-day procedure or a same-day procedure for what was a very um, involved and um, multi-day hospital stay with traditional epilepsy surgery. There, there are two other projects. One is an externally worn device in its current uh, state of development that stimulates the trigeminal nerve just uh, between your eyebrows almost. Um, kind of works like the vagus nerve stimulator, which is an existing device that's on the market. And this non-invasive wearable stimulator has the potential to help control seizures for some number of individuals and has already been approved in Europe. And I will note that in Europe, the regulatory authorities focus first on safety and do less, they're less rigorous in terms of requiring companies to prove efficacy. So products that are safe which have good plausibility in terms of their efficacy, can get to market much quicker in Europe than they can in the U.S., where far more rigorous trials are required, which make it far more expensive and, 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 and take a much longer time frame for these devices to come to market. Um, the third device that's come to market in the last year is a wristwatch device that has the ability to detect repetitive motion using an accelerometer. It's a product called the SmartWatch from Smart Monitor, and it is available to anybody today, and it potentially has the ability to detect tonic-clonic seizures, and when it does that, it communicates with a smartphone that can send a message to as many caregivers as you would like that somebody's had a seizure. Alternatively, the... And, person wearing the watch can press a button if they have an aura and want to alert caregivers. The phone also sends a um, GPS location of where the incident took place, and it has a nice false alarm capability so that if you're brushing your teeth and your smart watch goes off, you can cancel the alarm. So we're really excited to have actually, just in the last year after this eight years of effort, contributed to three projects, which have really made it to patients. None of these individually, the visual aids device, um, and that approach to surgery could really, for some individuals, represent almost a cure for their epilepsy in the sense that they could become seizure-free um, and potentially not require medications, though many people who have surgery do wind up still taking medicine, though sometimes less. Um, but each of these could make a, a real impact in improving the lives of people with epilepsy and move the ball down the road in terms of therapy. Smartwatch, for example, could teach us a lot about the frequency with which people have seizures and help improve sort of communication between doctors and patients, we think, um, to improve the way they're applying the other therapies that are available. Wow. I just want to say one thing before um, I have a caller 
that's trying to reach you. But before we take the call, I just want to say <clears throat> about that first device you talked about, you know, for uh, brain surgery or to remove tissue. Yes. Wow. Because, you know, as many of my listeners know, my epilepsy was misdiagnosed and I had an accident standing at a concession stand at the movie theater. I had a seizure and I hit the floor so hard I fractured my skull and had an intracranial brain hemorrhage, which means I ended up having that craniotomy you're talking about. Yes, Joyce. And... um, I was in the hospital for uh, actually a couple of weeks because I had to learn to walk and all that all over oh again. And when you were talking about this, I thought, oh, my goodness, look what would happen today. I mean, that's unbelievable. I just think that's great, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and um, I should just briefly try the, to note that there are a whole number of other important new therapies which have come to market recently from a variety of important companies. There there are a range of new drugs um, which have come to market, including very recently Parampanel from ESI. Um, There are a number of extended release and new formulations of existing medicines which may represent uh, nice improvements and even change the efficacy of some existing um, medications. Retigabine has come from Valiant and GSK. Um, and there are two very important new implantable devices, which um, one of which has been approved actually in Canada and Europe um, from Medtronic, uh, a thalamus um, stimulator that does regular stimul- deep uh, thalamic stimulation. And the Neuropace device has completed its pivotal trials and is waiting review by an FDA committee um, for approval, which I believe will happen in February. So, wow. Um, and, and, and I mean, I, th- I think that is... You can look on the side, a whole section of newly marketed and available therapies, um, some of which are available outside the U.S., but will soon come to patients in the U.S. that, that listeners to the show may be interested in, in, in looking at and seeing if they're potentially um, relevant to their needs or, or those of their their loved ones who have epilepsy. All I know is when you said that person could go home in a day, I thought, unbelievable. I mean, because I was in intensive care quite a while, and who knows how that would have, uh, with, you know, how that would have helped. But in the meantime... Um, we have a caller on the line. Go ahead, caller. Hi, this is Phil Gatone. Joyce, how are you? <laughs> hey, Phil, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I just wanted to give a quick call and just uh, tell you and your listeners how, how honored I am and how thrilled we all are at the Epilepsy Foundation across the country that the Epilepsy Therapy Project, led by Warren Lambert, and his outstanding executive director, Kim Mocker, and their entire team of board and staff members and volunteers are now going to be joining forces with our nationwide network of the same uh, at the Epilepsy Foundation. And I just want to say, Warren, as, uh, 
as we've had many, many conversations over the past several months, I, I just wanted to say publicly that, you know, from one father to another of a child with epilepsy, I just wanted to tell you that your work over the past decade has done more to help families directly than, than anyone I know. And I just wanted to say it's an honor to work with you and your team. I, I look forward to improving the lives of people with epilepsy in a whole new way as we'll be stronger together. Well, Phil, those are, are very nice words. I, I just can't tell you how excited I am from my own standpoint to be able to come together and work with you as a leader and having just returned from spending the weekend with the Epilepsy Foundation Board and with you had the opportunity to travel the country a bit to talk to others in the wonderful network that is the Epilepsy Foundation. I just think there is a, a great opportunity for us to sort of gather energy um, and really bring momentum to not only these efforts we've worked on with the Epilepsy Therapy Project, but to so much of the good work that happens at the local level with the Epilepsy Foundation. But the opportunity to come together, you know, will have a lot of benefits, and um, it'll make us more efficient by taking two national infrastructures and bringing them together as one. But the synergy just on the people side and energy and opportunity for enthusiasm that you and I have found talking to people about the merger and the work that we hope to do together is really the big payoff. And um, I just couldn't be more thrilled both with the theory of the merger <laughs> as we put it together, but with the reception that we found in both of our communities as we brought this idea forward. Well, I, I agree, and thank you for saying that. You know, Joyce, I just want to tell you, as a longtime leader in the disability movement, you've, you've seen time and time again how the, the need for leveraging our resources to make a bigger difference, that we are stronger together as a community, not only in the community of epilepsy, but in the broader community of people with disabilities, when you see how when we do come together as a community, the, the movement takes on a whole new level of acceleration. And that's what's happening here. And I just want to say that from the foundation standpoint, our, we have 48 uh, offices around the country. We're all celebrating Epilepsy Awareness Month right now. And I have to tell you, the reception that I've seen uh, and heard and been a part of has been very, very positive. And I do expect that people with epilepsy are going to very quickly recognize that this is a natural evolution of the Epilepsy Foundation's mission. We should be leading the fight to bring new and innovative therapies to market. And Warren, in his leadership, has recognized what the Institute of Medicine said is important, that we need to leverage our resources to make a better difference and a bigger difference in the lives of of people with epilepsy. So I just wanted to say congratulations, Warren, to you on your decade plus of work and tell you that uh, I, along with my colleagues, are extremely excited to begin a, a new chapter in the history of the Epilepsy Foundation, one that I think we've never seen before 
and one that we're all very excited about. So thank you and congratulations. Hey, Phil, I want to say yeah. two things. First of all, I want to say you are the best thing that has happened to the Epilepsy Foundation in a long time. Phil Gatone is, as you can tell, our new CEO. He has passion. He has integrity. He has kindness. He is a great leader. He is going to have the legacy of moving us forward as we never have before. That's number one. Uh, and by the way, his wife, Jill, she's the first lady. I can't leave that part out. And number two, number two is, if I'm correct, you're receiving an award? Well, I think, yes, the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago, um, you know, it was hurting for people to recognize, so they decided <laughs> to recognize me. And I'm, I'm so honored by it because it's named after Richard Rovner, who was uh, really responsible for uh, rebuilding the Epilepsy Foundation in Chicago with his colleagues. And he served as a mentor to me for many years prior to his passing. And so it's a special honor for me to receive that award. Well, I just wanted to congratulate you. Thank you very much. And, you know, Joyce, I have to tell you, Warren, as you are, is an avid hockey fan, and he's actually a hockey player as well. So, you know, we, there's, there's lots to talk about with Warren Lambert. There's more to him. Oh, how about that? I didn't know that. Well, Warren, you cannot also harass me about the Pittsburgh Penguins the way everyone else does. So I'm just making that clear right now. Well, it's hard to speak. Ill of the of the Penguins, in my view, quite a hockey club. Oh, you better talk about Brian Smith. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey Phil, thanks for calling in. Thank you both. Congratulations. That was a nice Warren. surprise and treat, Phil. All righty, take care. Thank you. All right, bye bye. You know, well, he is so awesome. Yes, he is. Hey, uh, Warren, I want to skip down and ask you a question for people that are listening to the show right now. Let's say. This just happened to them. They have a Sylvie, you know, uh, a, a young child. And for the first time, this child has a seizure and is diagnosed with epilepsy. What, what advice do you have for them? Well, I would first of all step up and inform yourselves about epilepsy. And I think today there are wonderful resources available to you to begin to come to terms with the nature of epilepsy and, and how it can be taken care of on the web with epilepsy.com and with the Epilepsy Foundation website. Um, and I think it can really help you to think about the kind of care you need to find from medical professionals and help inform um, and improve the conversations you can have with your doctors on behalf of your of your child. You know, I would say the good news um, for most people with epilepsy, for 60%, for 70%, you're going to find a therapy that can control your child's seizures. For many children, you know, kids are wired so that they can learn easily. But that part of that is that they're wired to... Um, basically have more electrical activity in the brain. As we get older, the circuits harden, and the good news for us is that it makes it harder to have seizures, at least until you get later in life, um, when things like stroke or 
head injury can cause seizures. The bad news, though, is that we don't learn as rapidly. So um, for many children, you know, epilepsy is something they can grow out of. Um, so there are good therapies. Most people will be controlled with the first therapy they try. Um, and many children will grow out of their epilepsy, and they'll have very normal, healthy, happy, productive lives. And so it's, it's, it's not all a dire picture. There is, unfortunately, still, as we've talked about on this program at some length already, a, another population of folks, and it's still 30 to 40%, who are going to have a much tougher time finding a therapy that will control their seizures. They may get help in controlling their epilepsy. But um, complete control of, of seizures is something that still eludes maybe a third. Um, the great news for them, I think, again, is in that pipeline of over 100 new therapies um, under development at various stages of development that represent a wonderful diversity of approaches to tackling the challenging set of conditions that sort of is epilepsy. Right. And, I mean, when I think about us merging, I think to myself, just as Phil said, think how much more we can do. Think how much more we can do for families and people involved in all of our programs. I mean, Warren, what is your vision uh, for us merging together? Well... Again, as Phil said, I, I, I really do believe fundamentally we have an opportunity by bringing these two organizations together to be stronger as one. You know, we have the two leading websites for patients and families, but web technology is constantly changing and evolving, and there's an opportunity to do still better than we have done in providing comprehensive information to families and people living with epilepsy at a variety of levels where they can digest it and understand it, free of medical jargon, but also at a deeper level for those who have to deal with more complex issues through their life. And we can do it in new ways, making it available through smartphones in a better way than we're doing now, and apps. And we can use social media as ways to connect people with epilepsy together to share their stories and share their learning. Community is really important. It's so important to be connected for anyone, but certainly when you're facing a challenge like this, the Epilepsy Foundation does a wonderful job of fostering ties between people with epilepsy and helping to connect patients and families with the resources they need at a local level. But together, we can do a more effective job of that as well on the web. I think we can build a better brand, make more people more aware of the resources and work that we do building one national brand. I think we can be more effective together in leveraging the contributions our donors make without building two competing infrastructures, running two websites, having two different brands that we're trying to to get out to the public. So I think in all of the different areas of our mission, from the new therapies that traditionally drove the Epilepsy Therapy Project to the broader mission of education and of improving people's lives 
at a local level and connecting them with resources, we'll be able to do more as one organization. Oh, I mean, that will be wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, And wait a minute, here we go. We've got another caller on the line. Judy, are you on the line? I am on the line, Joyce. How are you? Judy, how are you? I'm doing very well. Good, good. And by the way, everyone, Judy is the Dynamic Rockstar uh, Executive Director and President of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA in Pittsburgh. That's right. We have another Penguins fan here, Warren. Fantastic. (laughs) I didn't know that he played hockey. I didn't know that he played hockey. (laughs) Me neither. That was quite a little surprise there. It was. Uh, just want to tell you, Warren, how very, very excited uh, we are about this merger. Uh, working with you is uh, and your organization, I think, is going to be fantastic. And I think uh, working with the affiliates across the country, I know that we just went through a two-day training with our whole staff uh, that covered three of our offices. Uh, and we all got together on a gap, something called gap analysis, and looking at the programs and who we are and where the where the gaps are and how we can fill those in. So I'm I think we all strive to be the best that we can to serve the people the most people with epilepsy that we can. Um, but specifically, I was calling today because I had a parent call in uh, to ask a question about what I think is a new therapy, and I may be totally wrong about this and. Uh, it's radiation on the uh, corpus callosum. Have you heard about that? Um, I'm trying to. I, I certainly have heard of things that relate to that, but but as an available new therapy, um, you know there there are other laser approaches. But I'm I'm trying to think about what what kind of radiation we're. we're Yes, I, I wasn't sure. The, the mother just, you know, you know, she called in and was a recommendation from the doctor because her her daughter has had uncontrolled seizures for years. They've tried every single therapy that there is. Um, she's, you know, a teenager now, and um, um, she tends to be over-medicated, it seems, sometimes, and her mother, of course, you know, is at her wit's end, and... Uh, just doesn't know where to turn, and I guess now they're 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 looking at this. And, and I had never heard about it before. I was wondering if it, it was something that you had heard about. I mean, I have to say that I spend a lot of time looking at new therapies under development and at the emerging pipeline. And I'm not specifically aware of this. And I am not a doctor by any means. And nor am I. Well, I spend a lot of time trying to be of help in this area right. and learning. Um, I have another job too, and a family. <laughs> right, I know. So I, it I, I may well be that, that I just I'm, I'm, I haven't had right. you know, the opportunity to learn about this. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll do more research, but I, I'm sure that the mother did as much research she could online and uh, couldn't come up with anything. So she was looking to us. So I think I'm going to have to look back to the doctor to ask him what it's about because I do know the doctor that that had recommended this. <clears throat> yeah, but please let me. And, and, and our team know we'd, we'd, we'd like to be aware of that and, and, and make sure that we cover it in the pipeline and, and right. so forth. Right, right. So uh, you went to the board meeting. What do you think of our family? Well, I, I think there are just many, many passionate, wonderful people who are involved with EF. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I found just a wonderful reception to the idea of bringing the two organizations and our missions together. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Great. Great. I really am. We're excited to have you there. Well, well, thank you so much, Judy. And look forward to working, look forward to working with, you. with you. And I, you know, Phil and I, Phil has wonderful ideas about how to engage with the local affiliates around the country mm-hmm. um, more productively relative to the work done at the national level. And, um, you know, we've had interesting discussions about ways that we may be able to allow the local affiliates to also play a role in the area of new therapies, not taking away from the other mission, but where there are donors who are interested in that, to make that something that the local affiliates can really share and be part of, as opposed to making it something that's only the province of the National Epilepsy Foundation. So I'm excited to try to work with with you and with the other local affiliates with Phil. Right, And, and, and vice versa, because there are so many people out there that needs, you know, on the ground and needs the, the, the new therapies, but, you know, what do we do while we're waiting for these new therapies? We've got to also take care of the people on the ground. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as you well know um, from your own experiences uh, that, you know, in the meantime, uh, till we find, you know, you know, we had three areas and number four was, you know, cure. Um, but in the meantime, what are we going to do in order to make uh, people's lives, uh, you know, as acceptable as possible. I mean, I've heard from some of my program staff some of the horrible bullying that I know that uh, Joyce is very much involved with with uh, people with disabilities. But, you know, a young man who uh, now is in college but was homeschooled because, you know, they found out that he had epilepsy and all the kids in the school got out in a circle and were spitting on him. So he ended up going to uh, being homeschooled, but going to support group with other people with epilepsy, and he got through that and is now in college in a public college and and is an advocate of people with epilepsy. So um, there's much to be done you know, in, in the world, and I think working together we're going to make it a better place. Judy, you have to get him in touch with me. So I can have him on the radio show, you know, when I talk about bullying and connect him with the national, uh, not epilepsy, AAPD in Washington, D.C., because people have no idea how brutally these young people are bullied. And, oh, just have a seizure at school in front of everyone, and it is absolutely horrible. It really is. So... Um, you know when you have to take your child out of school for that reason. That's why I am on this mission. I will always be on this mission. So please get him in touch with me. I will. And, and I would just say, Joyce and Judy, on a more optimistic front, too, and, and relative to an opportunity that we have, you know, if you can get out in front and educate people about epilepsy in the schools effectively, that's what, you know, that's and my that's, wife, that's what we're trying to do. So he's really mom, Kathy. Uh-huh. did a wonderful job of going to talk with her class every year with Sylvie right. about her seizures. And those kids could not have been more wonderful and supportive all the way through junior high school and very awkward times for somebody mm-hmm. who was very, very severely affected. And that's true. That's a, and, and when people talk about it, and, and that's what we want to do. You know, that anyone with, our, you know, our saying is anyone with a brain can have a seizure. This can happen to you or I tomorrow. 
and you know people need to know that and it's upsetting to some people and it makes people afraid but you know i think we can start this movement and we can start this movement together where you know this is not going to be in the closet anymore but it's going to be out in the open and there is going to be money and uh for new therapies and people are going to pay attention and 20 years from people now people are going to say gee remember when epilepsy wasn't talked about and they used to call it a seizure disorder so um you know oh that'll be a great day won't it judy (laughs) it sure will and uh and as long as we can think that and and move in that those directions um i it can happen so Really looking forward to working with you, and Joyce, as always, thank you for all the work that you do. Oh, thanks for calling in, Judy. Thank okay. you, Judy. Thanks, Warren. Bye-bye. Another great leader. Another great leader in the epilepsy. Yeah, another great leader. So, Warren, what are you hoping you leave as your legacy? <laughs> well, you know, I just hope to make a contribution in focusing people on the opportunity the community has to really engage itself and make a difference in the therapies that are available to those with epilepsy, um, you know, for people with epilepsy themselves and for people who have, um, or you know, their loved ones are affected. I think if you look at many other medical conditions, patients, have come together for cancer, for breast cancer, for Parkinson's, and mobilized through groups like Michael J. Fox with Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And they're contributing major dollars to bring the best ideas that emerge from research on to patients in a time frame that matters. And often it's not just a single cure that changes the game. That happens for individuals. But if you look at cancer, if you look at AIDS, at so many medical conditions, it's a series of small steps that begins to allow somebody who has a certain medical condition to lead a pretty normal life despite that condition. And that, for people with AIDS, for people with cancer, looks a lot like a cure at some point in time. So I think we can make major impacts on the life experience of people with epilepsy by really focusing as a community and helping in that way, too, to engage a broader community um, in in this need for new therapies. And, And, you know, I think it's all about ultimately improving the lives of people with epilepsy. I've chosen to focus a bit on that aspect of this battle. I'm excited about every aspect of it, about that EF works on in terms of changing people's perception of epilepsy, in terms of getting the word out about aspects of epilepsy that we haven't talked about, like SUDEP, which is so important, and mortality in epilepsy. People know SIDS. They don't understand that epilepsy is a disease that not only can be debilitating because of the unpredictability of seizures, the ridicule sometimes that it generates, and the medical effects of of having seizures, but but epilepsy and seizures can actually kill. And and we lose far too many lives to epilepsy. So that's a broad agenda. (laughs) But I'm just happy to be involved with, with a number of other great individuals, 
and advocates um, in, in fighting this battle. Yeah, and that is so awesome what you're doing. It really is. Um, and, you know, the other thing is some of the things you just said are so true, is that there are many things people don't even talk about, such as SUDEP, uh, but we need to, and we need to, you know, I mean, I'm very blessed that I've only had, uh, you know, I still have seizure activity, but I haven't had a major seizure for two years, and I say to myself, one seizure a year is too much. Well, it is. Therefore, I think about these other people that are having nonstop uncontrollable seizures, so I want to do what I can do to help them. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely, Joyce. So, Warren, I have asked the next two questions to everyone on the show, and they seem to be the hardest to answer, but for nine years now I've asked these last two questions. So, Warren... You are very obviously someone that has accomplished so much, but what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Oh, I'm not sure I can individually take credit for um, any of the accomplishments of the Epilepsy Therapy Project. I guess I feel just fortunate to have been exposed to a wonderful doctor in Orin Davinsky and brought together with other parents and an incredible set of epilepsy doctors and professionals who were willing to try to change the picture in epilepsy. And um, so I'm, I'm proud just to have been part of a group of, of people who believe in making a contribution and in the possibility of, of, of making a difference, and um, who are willing to work to actually get it done and make it happen. Um, well, I'm going to tell you something, Warren. I feel proud just to know you. So I feel you are helping millions of people from what you're doing. And for that, and I'm sure many, many parents listening and young adults and adults and elderly people living with epilepsy, everyone thanks you so much for everything you're doing. Well, Joyce, thank you for all you've done as an advocate. You know, we find ourselves playing different roles in life because of the circumstances of life and our own personalities. As often it's not chosen, but I feel fortunate to have been able to play a role in this way on behalf of, you know, a little girl I love very much and um, and, and just a, a community I found of great, um, great people. So um, thank you. Well, Warren, what message would you like to leave for our listeners today? Well, I guess I would leave two. One is I think there's a great deal of hope in this pipeline of new therapies. I think there's a great deal of hope and power in this merger of the Epilepsy Therapy Project and the Epilepsy Foundation. I think we as a community have an opportunity to do a lot more to improve the lives of people with epilepsy. And 
you know, there are many great things going on, but I think if you look at what's been accomplished across some other disease areas, there are models that we can sort of aspire to that let me feel we can still have more impact working together. And so I'm excited to join um, with you and with so many others to, to try to do more and, and build on the good work that is going on today. Well, we are excited, too. And, Warren, I thank you so much for being on the show today. We really enjoyed having you as a guest. Well, it was fun, Joyce. Thank you. Well, we end every show with a quote from someone that has inspired people in some way or another to move forward. And this is, by the way, a person with a disability of depression named Abraham Lincoln. And what he said really fits what Warren is talking about. The quote is, determined that the thing can and shall be done, and then we will find a way, said Abraham Lincoln. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.